Mood.tv everybody welcome back to let me ask you a question the podcast and we have a nice treat for you today we have carl waldron and adam hawkins now carl is the host of the podcast super black welcome to the show thank you for having me i'm very excited nervous i'm excited and nervous too we're both titillated and riveted together this is nice i love it those are beautiful i like those faces this is nice i'm very animated usually don't get that it's like nice to see somebody have an exciting face going on on the other side you know it's not the first time i've done this it's nice i really like it (laughs) and we also have adam hawkins who's the owner of hawkins design welcome adam thank you thank you thank you for having me i'm excited also nervous now because carl said it so i wasn't before We'll all be nervous together. This will be the nervous episode. I love it. This will be nice. Get weird. I like being a bag of nerves. And we got host EJ5, host, I'm host Anthony, and we got producer EJ5000. How's it going? I'm going to say I'm not nervous to hopefully increase your guys' nerves. Oh, um, yeah. wow. Also, I just want to speak to the listeners. Sorry we didn't get the episode out last week, but thank you so much for those who did listen to our most popular episode, Family Porn. <laughs> um, I'm sure you're all disappointed because the episode wasn't quite about that, but also thank you for those listens and thank you for those who wrote and texted in questions uh we appreciate that and we got this great episode now and might i say boys uh happy holidays merry christmas uh and uh happy hanukkah though that's over at this point uh long yeah, over yeah. at this point merry festivus uh yeah you know this it's the holidays and um it's the holiday season sing it i don't know it's been covid so every day runs into it, it doesn't nothing matters but uh hi how's it going it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I can't tell. I can't tell. If it seemed like you were still talking to the audience, and hopefully they're all doing good. They're snuggled <laughs> up with their hot cocoa. I, I love to think that you think he was talking to people that he can't hear. Well, <laughs> you never know with, with producer EJ5000. It's difficult to say. It's open-ended. Like, how are you? How's it going? Like, it's, it's good. It's good. It's good. Talking to me? <laughs> yep, it's great. <laughs> this is what I do every morning. It's like I have a bird, but I don't have a bird. I just talk to the imaginary bird in my house. That's super interesting. And then I... Uh, yeah, that sounds really bizarre. Really uh, well, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming on. And we really appreciate having you. We love having guests on the show. And uh, being that you host a podcast that that is about kind of superheroes and comics and also wrestling. I love the wrestling episodes, so I've listened to the wrestling episodes. Thank you. But they're all kind of uh, something that ties all this stuff together to me anyways, seems to be like a theme of being a hero or, or heroism. And my question today, this is the most broad question I may have ever asked ever on this show. Beautiful. I like broads. Sorry. <laughs> We like bras. We could take them in a lot of different directions, the bras. Uh, so the question is, is, is something like, is something like, I don't even take bras in a lot of bras can go anywhere. The bras can go whichever way. Over there. So let me, now you go over there. Let me lay the broad on you and then we'll take the broad any way we want to. Damn right. The broad is something like this. What is it about heroes that speaks to us Psychologically, and there's a lot of people. We, this has been well trod, and a lot of people talk about this. But being that you have a show that's kind of about this, what roles do they fill for us? And I kind of have a devil's advocate thing that we might be able to get into or not about my. I have a weird interpretation of it because I, I never got into that world, like the comic world, um, superhero stuff. Not so much. I mean, I love the Ninja Turtles, and that's not quite the same though. They're definitely superheroes. 
They're superheroes. Okay, good. All right. So we'll take the Ninja Turtles. That was definitely something I was obsessed with for sure. But I haven't kind of gone down the comics uh, and a lot of the superhero movies or wrestling. There was a brief time that I watched it, but I've always been fascinated by it. And it's super interesting to me. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering, I don't know, if you want to broadly talk about what it is to you that does that. Well, superheroes have been with me since I was little. They were introduced to me by my mom. She gave me, I remember she cracked open this dope box one day and she handed it to me. I was like, what is this? She said, just look. And I pulled out my first DC trading card and it was Shazam. And it just opened up this whole other world, like guys with superpowers and all this other stuff. And it put me down this road of like reading all these interesting stories and finding out about new superpowers and such. How old were you when that was? Oh boy. What is it like? Six or seven, something like that. Okay. I still have the cards. They're somewhere in the house. But they're very important to me. And I think superheroes and superhero stories are important because storytelling is just a natural part of human nature. We pass down stories. Yeah. Uh, we make legends. We make myths. And superheroes are just an extension of that. Our interpretation of the world around us and how we can cope with whatever's going on. Like the reason we have superheroes is because we want people who know how to deal with situations we might not know how to or we aren't able to. Like. Superman has gone from becoming like a rather, you know, mundane superhero on the radio to becoming this god who can't be destroyed because we continue to put stories in the mythos where he can't be defeated because we Oh, that's really interesting. We need that tether to being, you know, being able to succeed. Like I always say Batman is is a god in itself. He is the ultimate man or the ultimate human because we need Batman to do that. We need an avatar for humanity to say we can overcome any obstacle that you put in front of us. That's why he can survive fighting dark side or he can jump off a building with Wonder Woman and still be a viable hero. Can I uh, ask a little bit more about Batman? And this is going to be a weird question. I'm not sure if you know the answer, but Batman was invented around. Uh, do you know when around he was brought up? Oh, boy. 60s, maybe. Yeah. I just wonder, too, because I agree, you know, Batman, we like him because he's the one guy who's a guy who happens to be so badass, but also in in current culture. He's super rich, so like, yeah. Now he now his his character doesn't stand as strong as I think as it it would have. Even though <laughs> I've I've heard this talked about actually, where Bruce Wayne being someone who's rich is potentially causing the problems he's trying to fix as Batman. Oh sure, yeah, it's like people have kind of mentioned this, and t Tony Stark doesn't have that same. He's he's fighting aliens and other things, but I think the the grounded nature of Batman kind of you look at it a little differently. Mm -hmm. And someone even complained about Miles Morales, for instance, in a new Spider-Man game, which is, it's a video game, but he's working with police and he's a person of color and it feels kind of like, oh, that's, that's weird. Mm -hmm. So right, right now the conversation is changing a little bit. We start to look at that kind of thing and say like, huh, that's strange. So uh, this is really interesting to me because what I'm wondering, and I don't know if this is beginning to happen or if this has been happening forever, but actually as we talk about Superman, because Superman is one of, if not the most classic superhero we can think of, as we have become a little bit more politically complex and sophisticated in kind of how we are perceiving the world, are those characters actually getting more complex? Like, do those characters, are they getting more difficult as psychologies? I don't know if there's a good way to answer that, but I just, I'm genuinely interested. I have no idea. Well, yeah. I mean, times change, people's outlook change, but the superheroes tend to remain in this constant state of this is who 
Batman is. This is who Superman is. And, you know, there are offshoots of stories where they do different things, but they always tend to return to the core of what that superhero is. And as we move along, like, yeah, Batman is a rich dude who can probably do a lot more if he were to invest his money in fixing Gotham than (laughs) punching a dude constantly. (laughs) Like, if you really look at Batman, he doesn't solve anything. He doesn't stop crime. Everyone he fights comes back. Every every time he goes out there, he uh, causes collateral damage that he then ends up fixing with with Wayne Tech. Like he should just right. invest in better police force. People go to the public sector. Yeah, community <laughs> community centers. He should like fix up fix these damn potholes, Batman. <laughs> what <Yeah>. the hell? <laughs> every once in a while, they'll touch on it. Right? They'll they mentioned it slightly in Civil War, where not it's a different comic and everything, but they mention like is your your mere presence is causing people to come and challenge you. And that's why all this is happening. So your, your existence alone is causing all these issues. Oh yeah. 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 Didn't they say that in Batman begins where he was like escalation, every, everyone, all this stuff has started happening where, you know, you, have, we have weapons and they have automatic weapons. And mm-hmm. Yeah. You're Batman. And now there's this freak in clown makeup who just showed up out of nowhere because there is, you need that. Um, yeah, you need a foil antagonist. You, yeah, he, yeah. he found his kindred spirit in this ultra good guy. So ultra evil is going to show up to challenge right. that dude. So yeah, Batman definitely causes more problems than he solves. And like you said, like as we get more com- politically complex, things tend to change. Like the next Batman is a black man. Is that for reals? I saw you post about that. Wow. Yeah, uh, this guy. What is it, Tim? Tim Fox, so Lucius Fox's son ah. is becoming Batman, like a future. So now they're going to touch on what is it like for a black man to be the Dark Knight? But black man who also, just like the white man, both of them, it's uh, nepotism. Like, <laughs> there's like a there's like a, a layer removed from both s- scenarios where it's like, okay, Batman's a bad guy because he's got money. Tony Stark's a bad guy because he has money. But they were given money. They didn't earn their money. Mm-hmm. So they're mm-hmm. not as bad of guys because they're they create the problems because they were born with money. Or, you know, even I guess Lucius would have money being that he was is is I'm not sure the parallels between the movies and the comics. Was Lucius the same character that he was in the comics as he was in the uh Lucius is Lucius is a different Lucius is Tim's brother. So I think Tim is an estranged son from Lucius Fox. Okay. And then Luke is a whole other brother who was Batwing. See that, that like oh, you wow. touched on it really well. It's like <laughs> it's complicated. It's it's complicated, but you're right. It is nepotism. Everything gets kind of passed down because everyone needs like a tether to the suit. Like it couldn't just be any old random dude. It's like it's Jeffrey. He's Batman now. Like who the hell is Jeffrey? Like they need to. Yeah, yeah. They got to tie it to somebody. Which is interesting. Like right? Why why is it that? Because it's it's intentional. Like even Superman. It's it, we put a lot of blame on his parents for sending him down to Earth. Like. There doesn't seem to be many origin stories in the DC world, which is actually a point that I want to bring up a little bit later, where we have someone born into superherodom without some pressure from their parents, which seems really interesting that 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 world seems to do that. And I've also heard, maybe this is where I'll inject this, the DC world uh, versus Marvel. I'm more of a Marvel person uh, if I had to pick, but I like both. But DC is usually characters who have one flaw um, so they're like they're strong, perfect people are heroes, but they happen to have one weakness as where the Marvel people are weak people who have one strength. 
Mm. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Uh, which I think I always thought that was like really interesting to compare the two universes and then the people who like DC versus Marvel because of that. And I, I don't know if there's a lot of weight to that, but I've heard that and I think that's a really interesting thing. No, that's a, that's a really good point. That's why people really dig Marvel is because they feel they're more layered. They feel they're more, uh, I, I would say grounded, but yeah, like you, like Spider-Man is, you know, Peter Parker or Miles Morales or whoever your Spider-Man is or Gwen they're just kids yeah. who luck, luck or unluckily find powers and then have to deal with the consequences of their actions. Like they lose friends and family and they have to go to school and they have to balance their relationships. Whereas DC is, they're just a pantheon of gods mm. that we watch unfold stories fighting other gods. It's just, it's Greek, Greek gods fighting one another. Mm. It's no different. They even put the Greek gods in dc it's just, hmm. they they are dc are are, are are the archetype superheroes who are just perfect encapsulations of like there's wonder woman she's like the uber woman and then there's hmm. superman he's the uber mensch literally and then there's <laughs> batman who is the ultimate human he's he's trained his body to be the tippity top of all humans whereas like tony stark is, has a drinking problem yeah right yeah. Which they've they've tackled a couple of times, which is not in the not in the movie so much, but they they look at these things a lot. Well, this is that's really interesting to me. Like I'm wondering uh, to go back to to Batman. I'm sort of fascinated now about this concept of. I feel in some ways that maybe Joker was a reply that the latest movie Joker was kind of a reply to the fact that that's a problem that Batman has was kind of born into money and talking from a different perspective about the society that actually breeds the the kind of person that responds to that. And I wonder, and I don't know if we have the answer to this, or we know how it's going to be, but in the future of Batman, will they actually address kind of, or will they have to apologize for the wealth or will the story change in ways that kind of explains that, that background, like being able to just have the ability to grow up wealthy and have the time to get the most muscular ever and punch people in the face and design <laughs> fancy cars. You know, like, will they explain these kinds of things? That'll be a super interesting thing. I wonder. I don't know if that would make for an interesting Batman story. It would make for a very interesting, uh, like, documentary. Yeah, satire, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it would be perfect if they, like, sat down with a Bruce Wayne and said, can you just walk us through your day? Yes, Exactly. It's like, how do you like, I think someone did some sort of estimation on what it would take to become Batman. And it was this <laughs> ungodly amount of hours. It's a lot of money. They just, they just cue the scene from American Psycho where, where Christian Bale is like putting on the fancy skin cream and yeah, just being, just being rich. Yes. But also having hours in the day where you can train in jujitsu and Krav Maga and work out five hours a day, eat perfectly. Yes. Uh, be, become, go to school to become a detective. Uh, pass. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, yeah. He has all, he has, he's like, the, he's the world's greatest detective. He is, he can beat literally anybody in a fight. Like there's, there's no way to be Bruce Wayne. That's why I was saying like, he is a God. He's like Mercury or something. He's a God. Yes. In, in human form. He's just, there's no way to be a Bruce Wayne. There is a way to be a martyr. Like a real yeah. Batman would die the first day he went out and tried to do anything that Batman does. He would fall off a roof. He would, you know, crack a rib. Mr. Freeze would freeze him. The Joker would stab him. Anything, any, <laughs> any, any amount of things would happen to that dude. Batman just 
it doesn't, it just happen, doesn't happen. Nolan touched on it a little bit in the, in the what the in Rises, where he was only Batman for what like a couple of months when you really look at it. Yeah, to a year mm-hmm. in those movies, he he was Batman very because because you can't do that for that long. His knees were jacked up. They, they, he went to the hospital and were like, your body's jacked. Like, what's What happened? Like, what's happening here? Like, what are you doing? Right? So, that was the best scene. He's like, you are, you are fucked up. <laughs> like, your knees are gone. You have no cartilage. Um, what are you doing? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of climbing. Like, no. <laughs> you're Batman. Get out of here. <laughs> and I love he's a billionaire until it comes to the doctor. He doesn't have his own doctor. Like, yeah, Batman no, can't pay for like... a doctor to be quiet. The mob can pay for a doctor to be quiet, but not Batman, the billionaire. Yeah, that's that. That was always a question about the second movie where they had that random auditor who figured out he was Batman and then Some literally dude. still said nothing because he saved his life. Yeah. Get that scene. Hey, Lucius, you do the books, man. Like you're smart. Yeah. Why are you hiring this random dude? He found it kind of easily yeah. too. Like I found these schematics. Uh, looks like the Batmobile. Like, <laughs> yeah. how'd you find those? Uh, they were over there. Do you think the audience though will it will ever kind of catch up to it? Do you think the audience is ever going to be a little? more skeptical of that kind of thing, like that they don't explain that. Or when we go see those kinds of movies, are we always going to be kind of willing to check like the materiality of their existence at the door? I wasn't. I I was very critical of Nolan's Batman movies, especially the third one where they're just plot holes built into the story to allow it to move forward. Like he just didn't cover certain things. And that's just what Batman's about. Like, Hey man, I was in a pit an hour ago and somehow I got back into a city with no bridges (laughs) and I'm just walking around Gotham. Like, no, that, how did you get back here, man? Like you were, (laughs) you were in a hole for real. An actual hole. Yeah. Like a giant hole (laughs) underground. And now you're just back. Who bought your tickets? Yeah. Who did you call? It's Batman. Like what? that's all you have to say. Like it's, there's it's just Batman, so it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they did make a big deal about him climbing out of the hole, which is a pretty impressive feat. But then, yeah, like, what, did you walk after that? Your legs don't work. Yeah. Like, who picked you up outside the hole? Like, You're, did you take a plane back? Come on. Like, he broke a your lot spine, of other... bro. You're not walking far. He, he fixed his spine fairly easily, too. He just hung with a rope on his, and he just <laughs> hit him. What, how, it was a weird scene where, like, wait, what happened here? It was broken, right? And then it wasn't broken. And then he climbed out of a hole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, okay. He kneed him in the back, and he was like, ow. And then he, he laid down for, like, an hour, and they were like, yo, you want to go? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go. <laughs> I mean, in the comic, I, I read the 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 book. I didn't read the comic Nightfall, and it was a, it was a whole thing. Like another Batman came along, you had to come back and fight that Batman. It was this whole yeah. oh man story, which was actually pretty cool. Yeah, it was really cool. But they kind of skipped over all that, and he just he was just healed. I had both editions of that to say it in that voice because I'm kind of proud of it, and I'm kind of a douche. You should be proud of it. That's a good book. I had the yeah the shiny one and the other one. Along with that, so Carl, you said that the, your first experience to heroes was the cards as a kid. Adam, what was your first experience to any type of hero that you remember thinking about? Either it doesn't have to be a superhero; uh, it could be any any sense of a hero that was not directly related in your actual life. You know, like a, a super type hero. It was uh, X Men cartoons. It had to be that Saturday morning. Oh, I remember. I mean, that. I didn't read comics growing up. I had a couple here and there, but like, I didn't read comics. I still don't. Uh, my main um, exposure to this is all through the movies and the shows. And I used to watch those cartoons, being like, "This is this is cool." How did I not know about this before? Yeah, I mean, it was just this that that was my only exposure. Now I, I watched every single Marvel movie. I am exhausted of it all like they've announced all these things i'm just kind of just like i don't know 
I guess I'll watch because I kind of have to at this point. I'm invested enough. You're in. I'm in, you know, but my exposure was very low. But I would say the X-Men cartoons were a very large part of my Saturday morning in my life growing up because I watched those. I had the tapes. Remember the tapes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just tapes for Christ's sakes. I watched the first episode over and over again. Like the pilot episode where like Morph died and they made up that character. I didn't know that until much later. Like it, it, it was just, and he brought him back several times. I, I just remember being so invested in that story because it was a very long overarching story, which was, I wouldn't say it's rare back then, but it was. it was something that I hadn't experienced. And then after that, it was all Dragon Ball Z, which I watched a lot. Ooh, you lost me there. <laughs> I mean, look, y'all, I still watch, I, I watch Dragon Ball Z super. I, st- I still watch that. For so- oh, that's better than the regular one because it's uh, 17 episodes of, hey, we're going to have exposition where we're talking to each other and then maybe we'll fight once. I can't do it. I cannot do it. Greg Amand, our other host, is all about it. <laughs> I used to watch it on Toonami every day, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like it was 10 minutes of an episode, something like that. Well, the commercials and you just didn't get much out of it at all. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, and I would and, and this was back when. I guess I didn't understand like reruns and how they were, they were still translating it. So I would watch it and then they would go back to the beginning. I'm like, what is this? Like they did it several times. It would go all the way up to like Namek and go back to the beginning. It was just like, I remember as a kid being just like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Unacceptable. (laughs) But that, that's my, that, that, that's, that's my story with the whole heroes. Like it's been X-Men cartoons, DBZ, some Gundam and all these movies that just watched back to back to back over and over again still to this day <laughs> well right after this break we'll get to host anthony's first introduction to heroes and myself i have a fun story too Ooh. and uh on this break enjoy the break and we'll be right back From that wonderful break with the music that was playing that was composed by somebody, maybe Anthony, maybe me, who knows? Was it me? Might have been me, though. We we did. We had Adam. It was the sounds of him drinking his 72 ounces of water. It was a wonderful, uh, wonderful ditty. I got more. It's going to be a wild night, I'm telling you that. Yeah, a long night. That's a lot of work. <laughs> all hydrated, ready. I just, I just have to pee too much. I'm a, I have a small bladder. Oh, yeah. Me too. Nothing wrong with that. Peeing. Nothing wrong at all. You're healthy. Yeah. Water. Well, thank you. I, I, yeah. I have shame. I have pee shame. So just before we went to break, we were talking about the first time that we had the awareness of what a hero was uh, or, or superhero was. Um, so, Anthony, when what was the first time that you were aware that you were being presented a superhero in your life? I really loved the Ninja Turtles. So that was, must have been when I was, what, five or five or six? That was, we were pretty young when the when they started. Oh, when the cartoon came. When they, when they're, yeah, when the cartoon came out on TV. That was probably, what, the very early 90s, I would think? Yeah, 89, mm-hmm. maybe. It'd be something like that. So I feel like that was probably how it was presented. Because I would never, I never was, you know, I never saw the, the comics or anything like that. I just, I don't know. It got, it got a, away from me somehow. But I mean, it's such a huge part of our culture so i'm always kind of fascinated by it but i would say that ninja turtles i think that was it for sure i was obsessed with the ninja turtles who wasn't 
And who did you relate to and why? What was why why did the that turtles gravitate towards you? Because there was other things out there <laughs> certainly at that time. I, did you just say you were Raf? I not everyone says Raf. It was like I was I'm the quiet one. I'm the I'm the cool guy. Everyone. Well, yeah. I mean that's so I mean to me now I feel like I would rather be a Raphael. If I could be one of them now, it'd be Raphael because he was always the one that had like the thing to say about everything. You know, like he kind of was quiet. He wasn't he wasn't the party dude. He wasn't the leader. He wasn't the nerdy guy. But he always had he was like the realist. And I feel like I relate to Raphael more now. I feel like when I was a kid, I was full nerdy Donatello. OK, I feel like by virtue of the fact that I had glasses, I just put myself right in that category. And so I related to Donatello. I have always, uh, I mean, Turtles has been since 1989 in the public consciousness. And so like my kid, he's uh, 14 years old now, but I've always said like, we might relate to Raph. And when we watch him, he's definitely the coolest, but you don't want to be around a Raphael. So like Promote, whenever yeah. you're with other people, don't be the guy that's always making that comment that's like, everything sucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> that Debbie sucks Downer. to be around. He's a Debbie it's Downer okay the to group. be that, but don't be that. You know, like Michelangelo, Good times. much more easy to be with. If I was that's stuck true. on a desert island, I wouldn't pick Raphael, even though, again, I relate to him. So yes, I like to I think Raphael was so bummed because he had the worst weapon. <laughs> they saddled him with the worst weapon possible. Forks. Forks. Yeah. Giant forks. <laughs> what you want to do is you want to get up close and then like poke him. Yeah, not great. I, he never really used them particularly well in the cartoon. Either. It was just, what are you doing with those? He would catch a sword every once in a while and then flip it away and then kick them. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool. But what are these things, what are these forks for? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Same with Leo. Like, you have the best weapon possible and you do nothing with them. That's why they had robots attacking them all the time. Chop these robots, not these humans. Why didn't they just all use swords? <laughs> Did they just, is that what fell down the sewer? Like, just why, why doesn't everybody use a bow or a sword? Like, why? And they got older. They, I mean, they were kids, but they became teenagers. Go buy swords. Everybody should have swords. Or, or, or just stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, don't, don't do any of that. Just, just stay in your store and eat pizza. And yeah, just, just <laughs> come to terms with the fact that you're mutant abominations and <laughs> get out of here. Maybe stop trying to kill everything. <laughs> That's what they were, though. You are abominations. You know this, right? <laughs> you're funny and hilarious, but you're an abomination. And you're you're an affront to God, and we need you to go. Giant turtles that talk, uh, get away from me. I'm Bert. Go. <laughs> they can hang out with the mole people for the rest of their lives in the stores in New York. It sounds yeah. okay. And it's kind of weird because they're like, we're going to try to sleep with this this chick. Oh. She's a newscaster. We're going we're gonna to do our best. And, you know, I, I think in the comics, they got close, even though then, you know, in the in the movies, I had Casey Jones. Wait, they slept with her? In the didn't. I'm not the saying they slept with her, but there was definitely some sort of faux romanticism going on between the turtles you. and her. Like, you know, they, it wasn't like completely, nah, that ain't going to happen. It was like, it could happen, you know? Yeah. You ever hear a turtle have sex? Why did you? Wait. Let's, yeah, we can rewind. When did you hear? Segway. <laughs> I hear that sound often for some reason. A, a turtle ejaculating. Yes, you know the sound. You know yeah. the sound. You know what I'm talking about. I've heard tortoises. <laughs> Someone do it. I don't want to do it. I'll, I'll do I it. I'm, do I'm, it. Okay, I'm going to talk. I'm going to. I'm going to preface this for one second, and then I'm going to do it. Department. But here's the sure. thing. You never want to have Leonardo be kind of a tough guy leader turtle, and then he finally gets with April, oh, and at the moment of the climax, you hear. <laughs> That's the way I've heard it. It's more. I, I don't want to do this. Oh, you're gonna do yours? Oh, yes, please. This is my version. I hear all the time. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> that's even better. Yeah, that, that's what I hear. I like that there's more to it. Well, there's there's this there's this thing you can look up at YouTube of a turtle fucking like a croc. Yeah, it fucks a croc. It's a tortoise. It like fucks it. it's a, a croc. turtle, right? It's a tortoise. And it keeps going. I thought it was a turtle. I but anyways, it, it keep going. Yeah. But I like it's, the uh, I like the added. It's graphic. it's graphic. I've also seen a turtle masturbate. Oh, go on. In uh, the Museum of Sex, they had they had a whole thing about masturbation and turtles. What are we doing? I know what I'm doing all night. They they lay on steps. They lay on steps and they they just tap. They tap it at that on the step. They tap it. It's a little hook, you know. <laughs> No. <laughs> they tap that step. They tap that step. I'm so happy we got into this. Isn't this nice that we talked about this? <laughs> so yeah, Ninja Turtles, huh? Yeah, well you just can't picture it, you know? <laughs> like I wanna see I wanna see that turtle fucking the croc and then somebody put the mask on, like the Leo mask on, so we can be reminded that these are the oh, turtles. God. This is what just we're so looking you remember. at. Yeah, just so you remember. So it's burned into your amygdala. Well, so I predate turtles. I'm just going to jump right in and get rid of this conversation. Thank I predate you. turtles. If I was going to go chronologically, I had we had Ghostbusters before that. But even before that, I remember being like four, three or four years old and going to laundromat with my mom. And this was in Newark. And we walked down there and they had an arcade machine of the Superman arcade game. And so you could either be Superman. Or I, I think Shazam was the other character. It was either, you know, player one or player two. And that was the first time I had been like aware of a superhero. So that was kind of cool. And then after that, I was never like a huge Superman fan. Uh, I'm now more of a Shazam fan because it just seems like a really cool story. Even though I know there's a couple different storylines with Shazam. It's like either one guy or one kid, excuse me, or a group of kids, depending on which DC universe you're in. But definitely there's a lot of movies when we were, when I was, when we well, were all about the same age, when we were really young, like Indiana Jones was kind of like a hero. Oh yeah, sure. Um, I gravitated towards that. And then uh, Ghostbusters again, like I, I liked Egon so much because I was like, oh, you can be smart and wear glasses, just like kind of you were saying with Donatello and also be kind of cool. And, and, and so those, I think were my first forays into hero and heroism that was uh, extra, you know, because like, I think as children, we always look to our parents as our first heroes because that is the archetype, which I think is why DC does that so much. Like every single story, even the, even the turtles, they wouldn't be the turtles without Splinter sure. because they have a father figure or, an, or, or a, a parent or parental figure to be like, hey, this is you're going to be this. You know, like there's very few stories in in. A, well, there are a lot of stories, but often there's a a parental figure that tells the person to be something instead of like Dragon Ball Z is certainly that way you know like uh most superheroes are that way or and which is why I I did gravitate towards Marvel whenever it happened and so many people did with Wolverine because I think I was a teenager at that time and this is a character who didn't know his own backstory right so as a teenager where you're feeling like angsty and lonely and I'm gonna listen to whatever and, love know, whatever that's so appealing because it's like I feel alone crawling in my skin and all that crap you know and so that's that's really appealing at that age so I wonder if age has anything to do with it oh, I'm sure or things like that you know allow me to be a Raphael for a second I'm gonna be a Raphael so we're at a bar and I'm a Raphael kind of person and keep saying it. Well, I'm really driving it home because it's, it sounds a little it's a little negative. So because he's going to make fun of me. Right? No, I'm not going to make fun of you. I, this is my this is my <laughs> this is the backside of superheroes for me. This is what I wonder. I wonder if heroes are actually perhaps enablers. They kind of enable us to 
be a little bit less moral than we should be. And my reason for saying this is something like, um, let's take it actually out of the realm of superheroes for a second. Like, let's talk, let's talk about just heroes. Like, say, say a, a pet store is burning, right? And nobody needs to run in. It's not required of us to run into the pet store. Nobody's going to blame me for not running in. But if somebody runs in and saves a bunch of the pets, we would view that person, I think, as being somewhat of a hero figure. Mm -hmm. But instead of making it such that everybody else feels shame for not running in, we instead make that person a hero. And so I wonder if there's a weird backside of heroes that kind of enable us to not do the right thing because we know there are heroes. <laughs> That's super Raphael. It's so Raphael. That it's was like... that that was the most Raphael thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that's why I kept saying it. So I'm sorry, it's one you know. It's a super it's kind of really dark proposition, but no, it was great. Like we're not doing anything. They are. They are, right. Yeah. 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 That's kind of how you view firefighters, right? Yeah. They are heroes because we can't do what they do because they're trained to do a thing that is death defying and very courageous. It takes a lot to run into a burning building. 100%. Yeah. It takes a lot more to pick up another human being and carry that person out of said burning building. Like that's not a thing that you would expect anybody to do because it is super difficult. And then right. a firefighter comes along and you're like, oh, thank God, I don't got to fucking go in there. I don't got to go in there. <laughs> we we kind of did this in the beginning of COVID, actually, when you think about it, when we were saying that your pizza guy and mm. postal workers, they're heroes for going, going out there. But what we, what we were doing basically is saying like, hey, I know that this thing you're doing is really dangerous because you probably shouldn't be going outside and going to work, but you have to because if you don't work, you'll die because of how our yeah. system works here. Right. So we were calling them and clapping every night at seven it's like yeah get out there and they're just out there saying like i'm i'm going to work dude mm -hmm. yeah I'm, I'm just going to work yeah that was a coping mechanism for the people inside not yeah. Yeah. for the people outside like exactly. everyone it was for us they were, they were they was to make you feel better about not having to do what they are doing exactly and so you're like i'm gonna ascribe you as a hero right whereas like someone like i would say that people who actually are going to the hospital doctors yeah nurses like i will consider them heroes because that is like i said like a firefighter like you don't we don't have to go in there like we're not expected to because these people are trained to do a thing and this is their time like they're like all right we're gonna make it happen and they did an amazing job and i like those are heroes like right but your pizza guy is going to work like he's like he's gonna because he has to pay his rent he has to pay bill it's kind of he can't yeah. not go to work but we were calling them heroes because again it made us feel well it's kind of condescending it's like a better you than me it's like a nice way of saying better you than me <laughs> right yeah right yeah yeah it was, it's just it yes so there is merit to what you said just, just to kind of roll back like yeah we we do use that title to kind of take some of the pressure off of ourselves to kind of remove the air of guilt of not being able to do a thing because people always feel very judged by other people, even when it's not merited. This is what I learned about life. No one cares about you. Like you don't care what you're doing, mm -hmm. but we think people are thinking a certain way about us because we are thinking a certain way about something else. When we get a chance to be like, yo, great job, man, you are doing amazing. It feels better to be like, Oh, all right. They're doing a thing. Yes. And I can be cool here because they're oh, it's like relief. Yeah. You're like, oh, I could chill out. Yeah. Because 
You got it. You got it. I don't got to do nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's you got yeah, it, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. And I wonder if that's kind of like the shitty part of Heroes. The shitty part of Heroes is that it kind of enables us to be in that mode more easily yeah. when maybe maybe there's um, I'm not going to say a better world because I don't know that we can get around that. Like, I don't know that anybody in any world is like going to be willing to jump on the grenade, you know? Well, from listening to a lot of true crime podcasts back in the day, uh, the, like the statistics are mind boggling of how many people will hear something, especially, you know, like in cities, we'll just say in that, like they'll hear someone who maybe is having a domestic violence. Oh, Kitty Genovese. That yes. could probably be caused, but people just say like, not my problem. Somebody else will call. Everybody always thinks that somebody else is going to be the hero. Mm -hmm. It's the diffusion of responsibility. Uh, yeah, it happens like I, I wish I had a statistic handy. But so uh, I, I think certainly with the covid thing where you're like, well, yeah, that pizza guy, he's a hero. So I did my part <laughs> by calling him a hero. So I got my large pizza and I don't care. Or again, like when's the last time any of us have called a nurse or a doctor and be like, good on you? Like, no, we no, we don't do that. No, we don't do that. Right. I guess. That's the thing. That's the crux of it. The crux of it, the dark side of it is that perhaps what heroes do is it, it just it just makes us go. We, we feel relief and they're like and we're and we're like, we're really happy that somebody out there did that. And we're willing to elevate them so that we don't have to feel bad about not doing it. Yeah. 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 One hundred percent. You you want you want you want that. Uh, like what, what was that? Uh, that old movie? Um you want the truth. You can't handle the truth. What was that movie? A oh, few good men. A few good men. When he's like, you want me on that wall because you're not going to fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. So you need me out there doing all the wild stuff because you're being safe over here. And that's kind of how we is like, yeah, we're going to tell you that you're you're the shit because technically you are. But we also want to make you know that you, hey, you keep doing that so that I don't. Gotta do it. Yeah. Yeah, it gets it's it's really complicated. Like we want our heroes to do the dirty work, but sometimes we don't want to know what the dirty work is so that we don't feel guilty that somebody else is doing that dirty work. But then also real life heroes are people and people are very gray. Mm -hmm. They're not there's nobody that's there's not a single person in history who has not made no faults and who's altruistic. So it gets really complicated whenever we invest heroism in a job because it's a job the people are the people who do the job it gets really complicated you know yeah it's especially right now when you know unfortunately you have a lot of people that are kind of forced into that kind of labor that they don't really want to be doing either but their corporations are just so fucked up and they don't give a shit which i think beckons back to what we were what anthony originally asked that's why the heroes of lore are so enticing because they are unfailable they're there are perfect people like they're only crime usually is that they were forced into their situation whether it be dc or marvel whether it be indiana jones there's not like a whole lot of anti-heroes in i guess there's not a whole lot of anti-heroes period that's more of a popular thing going from the 80s forward you know like we like our deadpool because he's he plays both sides but that's not always traditionally where we go with our archetypes we we want someone to feel like we can relate but at the same time we want to know that they're perfect because i'm not i think well, we want something to ascribe to. Right? Yes, we don't. We want we want to say, man, he did a really cool thing. If I had those powers, I would do the same thing, too. Yeah, or, which is not true. Yeah, like we're we're not going to invest the time to become as strong as Batman. We're not going to 
you know, even if we had the power to fly, we're not going to fly to go save a person. We're going to go fly to the pizza store and get our pizza fast. That's what I would do. Like we're save some money on flights. Yeah, exactly. We're going to do selfish things with the powers we have. But when you watch a superhero movie or you hear a superhero story or read it in a comic and you see them do these amazing feats with powers that you don't have, you like to think that if you were in the same situation, you would do the same thing. So you, it make again, it goes back to the same thing. It's like this big loop. We like to feel better about ourselves thinking we'd be the hero of that story when in actuality we wouldn't. We had a whole other podcast episode where we kind of touched on this and it kind of was revolving around something like that, where I said, if suddenly I were endowed with superpowers, my life would then be ruined because I would feel so pressured to use them for good, but I wouldn't want to. Yeah. And so, <laughs> it depends so my, on the power though, right? Like it's Oh, totally. Yes. Like what we like talked about that too. Fucking here. <laughs> if if it's if you're if you're as powerful as Superman, you have to do something. Can't not. Right, but how but how inconvenient would it be for your marriage? You know, like it would, like if you had, I would love to see <laughs> for your marriage. Yeah, you know, I would true. love to see. A movie I gotta go. Uh, a, yes, I would love to see a movie where there's a superhero that suddenly gets imbued with all these superpowers, like Superman, but has a family and a kind of normal life, and suddenly they feel enormous pressure to do good deeds all the time, and it actually ruins their domestic life because of that. Like Han- Hancock kind of did this, but I was, was just about to bring oh, it really? into a comp. They kind of they they touched on it for like. What twenty seconds, Carl? Like it was something yeah. interesting in the beginning where he was drunk. He tried to um, save this car from being hit by a train, and he like destroyed the train rather than just lift up the car. And he was making mistakes, and it was this whole thing was like that's kind of interesting. And he was also a person of color, mm-hmm. and you're just like, wait, this is cool. But then it, it turned into a very, I don't know, it formulaic was just a movie. Formulaic yeah. movie. But they touched on it a little bit. Another movie that I think touched on it really well of what would actually happen is the movie Mystery Men. Uh, I think it right. was like late 90s. Yeah, I remember I that. that. Yeah, and so the main character is like a Superman type character, but he flies in and he has logos like he's a NASCAR driver. So like, Oh, that's funny. They'd make money. You know, if there was a Superman type character, he would probably either have to be very image centric and he he would want to make money or why would he do it, I guess, you know? So they played with that and then the heroes of the movie were these quote unquote losers, you know, who had mm-hmm. these powers that were kind of weird, which is kind of interesting too. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting how superheroes would unfold. And if people don't, I've seen Stan Lee's superhero show on Netflix. It's pretty good. Some people do have superheroes. <laughs> True believers. I can sit on ice. I mean, the boys kind of, kind of touched on this too. It was like a, in the boys, like you're seeing Superman as like a, a, a bad guy which I thought was very interesting because it's terrifying. Like he's using his eye lasers not to like hurt dark side. He was cutting people in half and you're just seeing this situation where can a hero be bad? Like if, if a person has powers, can they stay good? And many of them didn't like some did here and there, but many of them were just like <laughs> quite terrible. Does that take place in the DC universe? It's own thing. It's its own thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things though. Now that you said that I'm like really it's a great show. I still have to watch season two. I haven't done it yet, but excellent. It's a it's a great. I like season two a lot. It's a great show. It's a it's a pretty great comic, and it just touches on like what we're talking about is like what is the toll that being a hero would take on you? How far down the rabbit hole could you go before you just lose yourself? Like I don't I don't want to save these people, but I have an image to protect, so I'm going to do the bare minimum 
Like like Hancock. Go if I must, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. They did it in Man of Steel too, actually. In the beginning, Superman just he was pulling a giant boat and saving them, but he seemed super bored, like he didn't want to do it. Oh, I see. I love that. That's great. <laughs> I thought it bugged me a, a bit. That just seems so much like I relate to that. To be fair, that's how Henry Cavill looks all the time. <laughs> True. Maybe it was his just it was him acting. He was trying to act. I'm pulling a boat. All right. I got it. Great, but it just he just the the feeling I got maybe it was just bad writing and bad acting, but it's like he was conflicted about like do I want to even do this thing? I don't know. They they don't no, like yeah. me very much, you know. Yeah. And it, they were touching it was, on that was it. part of the story. Yeah, it was it was part of the whole thing, and it was yeah, mm-hmm. it was a different take. It was fine. Like I didn't love it. It was like this grim dark kind of thing. Like, do we really want to do this thing? I'd rather the hero just want to be Wonder Woman. Perfect example. She just wanted to be there. It's like yo, let's go save the world yeah. like you're trying to stop me from doing this thing like please let me just go do can we go do it like no no you can't because of x y and z and she's like i want to do it and i thought that was very <laughs> i thought that was amazing yeah yeah, yeah. adam i i think that's also important i feel like something that i've gotten away from from my Raphael approach but it's just nice when you watch like the reason I think that sometimes we're drawn to those kinds of things is that that presents a world that's kind of more clear than the world is particularly now. The world is becoming, I think, in many ways, less and less clear and more complex as we're tra- kind of chewing on more challenging things as a society. And so sometimes you just want to watch a superhero where there are good guys and bad guys and you just have some clarity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think th- that's important, I think. To relate it back to Batman, the one non-equalizer right now of superhumans now you can be really strong. You can still be taken down. We have wrestling, which is cool. We see those guys. We have Olympians. We have we have sports. You know, those these people are as superhuman physically as we're going to get. But we have people with money. We have real life Batmans. We have billionaires. And are they doing the right thing? Well, I think just like we're talking about, a lot of billionaires pretend to do the right thing socially. Oh, I'm helping this cause. I'm helping that cause. They're much more gray than they are black and white. They're they're doing a lot of dubious things while pretending to be really good. There's not a whole lot of actual Batmans out there. There's a whole lot of Lex Luthers, though, you know? So, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes me want to see a Batman. Like The next version of Batman is Batman kind of fastidiously using his money for the public sector of Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say that. <laughs> Just a, a feel-good story of Batman investing in community centers and yes and uh <laughs> and that's the movie re- yeah just being really nice to the homeless you know just <laughs> right. opening up some co-ops getting people jobs yes just holding job fairs yeah how much did that tumbler cost that could have gone to a school you know like, yeah <laughs> that could have paid for 18 thousand people's college like, i want to see somebody on the unemployment line shine the bat signal and then suddenly Batman gets them a job. Hell yes. <laughs> he shows up and he's like, I, I know this guy. I actually do know him. And he's a great resource. Yeah, it's great. This is- yes. It's just Bruce Wayne writing recommendations. <laughs> yeah. Just That's all day. Just at, his at his desk, signing recommendation letters, just firing it like on paper, not in an email. He's oh, no. Write, he's writing letters. It. Yes. Jeffrey Stone is an amazing janitor and he should yes be, you know promoted need, i want to see this movie we need serious. bureaucrat batman we, that's Hell the yeah. next iteration and i'd be happy to see that movie i turned in the cowl and now i'm a notary it's been really good <laughs> <laughs> yeah th- that's that's what that's what alfred said in the third movie too he's like you you are more valuable to gotham as bruce wayne than you are as batman mm-hmm. because totally you can punch as many people as you want but gotham is still rotting 
there's just, the system is broken. Yes. And you can change that. And he's like, I got a punch. Yeah. <laughs> punch. It's so stupid when you think about it. It's like, fix the system. This is like, what's going on right now? Like, he could- Look at my fucking leg. I can kick shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't need systems. I am the system. <laughs> I am curious, though, will people start looking at that and being like, all right, wait a minute. Because the thing is, Batman's cool and we love this person and every, everyone's like, fucking Batman, I want to be Batman. Blah, blah, blah. And it's rare that someone would stop and say like, all right, let's, let's talk about this. We can talk about it. But do I want to see it? Do I want to hear it? Do I really want to like, mm-hmm. like Carl said, is that an interesting story? Right. Maybe not. I don't know. So I'm not sure what, what the writing, I think what's going to change really is like what we're seeing right now is representation a little bit. Like sure. now we're looking at, I, I think Marvel said the next four geniuses in the universe are all going to be women. And they've already, um, what was her, Ironheart, her name, right, Carl? Yeah. So I think that's what's going to kind of creep into these things. But will they talk about the other part of it, which is more complicated? Like that, to me, is just, how, how do you even talk about yeah. that? Right. I mean, money. Like, like he's, because I think it, it, it would take trillions of dollars to be Iron Man. Someone did the math on that, too. And it's, it's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it it ticks it ticks a couple or it checks a couple boxes where like I want to have superpowers in real life, me, EJ, producer EJ five thousand, but I also want to be rich. So like as a hero, it's kind of neat to see a you know a Batman kind of antihero where he's like pretending to be a douche and rich, but he is actually rich and he's a hero. So and a douche. Yeah, I don't know when we'll get away from like wanting to be rich because it's kind of built into society right now. Mm-hmm. but i i completely agree otherwise it's like it's th- things are gonna shift and like we do understand that to be rich is complicated and you are gonna probably be more dubious because you don't you either have because it was given to you or you have because you stepped on other people but we all in america still strive for that i mean we joked before recording about how we are all millionaires because we all want to be millionaires you know like mm. that's, that's still built into podcast you instantly yeah. become a millionaire hell yeah so much buddy <laughs> look at me yeah just look at us <laughs> been doing it for so long got all this cash <laughs> we're nailing it we're, we're batman, heroes batman is batman is a douche though yeah just, he's douchey bruce wayne is not pretending to be a douche he is a douche and yeah. he puts on the cowl and he's a douche who punches people that punches people. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he embraces the douchiness. He does. He's an asshole to everyone he meets, including the people of his family. Like I, I personally don't like Batman all that much. He's not a great character to ascribe to. He's I, I hear you. Yeah. I'm, I'm with that. He, like you said, he does more harm than good. He doesn't use his money for anything positive. He doesn't enact real change. And uh, Gotham is worse off than it was <laughs> when his dad was running stuff, who they laud as like a really like a pillar of Gotham City. Like he was building infrastructure to make Gotham better. And then like the system failed him. And then Bruce went on this just the weirdest tangent, like, man, Crime Alley is crazy. I'm going to kill everybody. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of like understanding that Joe Chill or whatever story you ascribe to, like, he was a product of a bad system. He's just like, I gotta be people. Punches, <laughs> punches, punches. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna punch you until you're met your your pulp. Yeah. And then I'm gonna do it in my costume. And then definitely not give to the poor. 
Yeah, <laughs> just kick it homeless. Gives it a poor yeah. sometimes. He donated some of his money, but oh, that's not nice. a lot of it. He that's needs good. to be Batman, so you have to keep a ton of it. Also, funny uh, thing, he has his own insurance. He has collateral damage oh, insurance. It's called Batman insurance. That's ridiculous. That when he up. does something wild, <laughs> Batman insurance <laughs> kicks in and Wayne Tech pays for the damages because he's a freak. He is a wild boy. I love that there's a legal aspect to all that, that they've thought of that. He, he'd rather, he'd rather, he'd rather That's start fantastic. Batman insurance than fix Gotham. <laughs> That's fantastic. Ass, well, we're, we are drawing near the end here. So I just want, I wanted to thank you both very much for coming on the show, Carl and Adam. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm sweaty. Not a problem. I feel sweaty Sweat. too. I think that's like good. You don't know about Batman. It's just getting you hyped up, juiced up. Is yeah. there any, um, where can people find your stuff? You can go to super.black for the podcast and interesting articles about representation and superhero culture. You're on Stitcher. I saw iTunes anywhere that podcasts are available as well. Get on it. Spotify. I think I'm on Amazon Music too. Hit that immediately, everyone. How about you, Adam? I'm on hawkinsdesign.com, H-W-K-N-S, design.com. Come check it out. And we'll definitely have links on the post and in any of our social media, so please click those links, check out those things. Uh, it's amazing. It's been a blast, guys. This has been great. Yeah, it was fun. We got deep and we got silly. It's deep and silly. That's that's it. And Batman's a shithead. We, we, yeah. really, we covered yes. the bases. That's, that's, that's what we my... really got to, right? I mean, That's my vertical. I know superheroes. <laughs> and um, <laughs> dial in or actually text us now. We're actually starting to get texts with your questions, which we love. So dial in at 929-352-6173 and send us a text or click the link now and you can send us a text. Text us your questions. We love hearing them and we'll address more of them on coming episodes. And you can go to moot.tv. You can check out all the swag that we got. You can check out our other podcasts. You can also hit us up on Insta or Twitter at Pod. And I uh, hope you had real happy holidays. Hope you're all snuggled up on the couch right now with your hot cocoa. Listen to what a piece of shit Batman is. Oh, the weather in Gotham <laughs> bullshit. And Batman ain't doing shit either. <laughs> that, that was good. That was nice. You're welcome. Uh, very sensual voice. Yeah, thank you. Central. Since you've no place to go. Best voice in podcasting. I'm going to go out on a limb. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> sorry about that EJ didn't like that conversation at all <laughs> I loved it I I'm loved it about. I just am too used to these kinds of things going down those conversations yeah. usually go pear shaped like that that's not like, like, yeah, what, else, what other sounds you make huh <laughs> what's the face like <laughs> that's a good place to end it alright everybody have a good night Mood.tv. They tapped that step. They tapped that step. I'm so happy we got into this.